What's up? Episode number four, back in the Tigers Avenue. Let's get right to it, man. LSU men's basketball, another dominant performance over the McNeese State Cowboys, 85-46. to Again, not allowing our opponent to score 60 points. Zach, when's this defense going to allow 60 points? It just seems like they're continuing to have dominant performances. Yeah, I agree. It's great to see this team perform the way they are defensively. As to when the next game will be that they allow 60 points, I'm not sure. Maybe it'll take us all the way into conference play until we see that. I would love for that to be the case. But I know we've got some really good teams that Will Wade has scheduled for us before we get into SEC play. So I'm not sure. But the way this team's playing right now, it looks like it might be a while. Yeah, man, it, it looks really nice holding the McNeese State Cowboys to only 46 points. I think going into this game, we we, we pretty much knew what we were going to be you know, looking at. Not really much of a threat to the Tigers. They, they started the game pretty sloppy, but I think Will Wade snapped them together and they got rolling. Darius Days, man. And Terry Eason were the story of the night. Both of them with double-doubles. That's Terry Eason's third double-double in four games. Third in four games. I know I mentioned, you know, maybe he gets in the starting lineup eventually. But, man, like you said, it it is really nice to have somebody coming off the bench that has that capability. Uh, to do that kind of speak to that and and what that means yeah and the reason I said that was because I think it's really good when you have your points spread out among the entire team and if you're putting all your scores in at the very beginning of the game and they're all your starters and then you're pulling them to get them their rest well, then you're bringing in those guys off the bench that aren't going to be as productive as your starters. We've got Milwaukee in the three spot, and then we bring in Eason off the bench. Milwaukee is a guy, as I said before, he's more of a defensive player. His goal this year is to be the defensive player of the year. And so we know he's not going to put up as much points as the other guys, but Eason is somebody that can. He's proven it very early in the season with the three games, having a double-double, and bringing that off the bench. It helps your team just not have a drop-off when it comes to the flow of the game, and that's why this team is putting up the points that they're putting up. This team is averaging right around 86 points per game, which is really, really good for this season. I think this is something that Will Wade needs to continue to do. I think he needs to continue to bring Gaines and Eason off of the bench because I just think it bodes well for this team 
in regards to the flow of the game uh, and rest for the starters. Yeah, I agree, man. I I, I think that this team is, is the deepest team that Will Wade has had uh, since he has gotten to LSU. I think that we're we're looking at a team that could make a run. Darius Days continuing to get it done, man. He also had a double-double, 14 points and 10 rebounds. Look, 14 points is his lowest on the season, but I think we don't need to discredit that because everyone has been seeing the threes, right? We've all seen the threes. Darius can hit them. Darius only hit one three tonight. Only one. The rest of his points came from within side the arc or, or from the free throw line. And that is huge when it comes to versatility. I mean, uh, you don't want to be one-dimensional. When, when you get into conference play, when you get into tougher games, you don't want to have to rely on Darius to hit that shot. And I think he proved in this game that it doesn't have to be. And I think he did the same in the Texas State game. Um, he wasn't necessarily sharp uh, in the Texas State game when it came from behind the arc. I know T- Terry Easton is doing a lot off the bench. I know you mentioned him, but Eric Gaines has taken a step from last year to this year. Pretty big step. Offensively, maturity, leadership-wise, he has developed into an excellent basketball player. And you got to give all the credit in the world to Will Wade to developing him because he is leaps and bounds from where he was last year. And he plays a lot of meaningful minutes for this team now. So it's good to see that LSU can win in multiple ways. We're not relying on just one thing being one-dimensional. And and that's huge in college basketball because if you're one-dimensional, good teams, good defensive teams will – eliminate whatever you are one-dimensional wise and then you're going to struggle so it's it's a great thing to be to be versatile to have multiple ways to be successful and Will Wade has done an excellent job at creating that this year and he has done an excellent job at the defense it has been impressive so far and I'm I'm really 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 excited to see what this team can do when we get into conference play, because I think this team really can be 12 wins or more in conference play. So, Zach, let's talk big picture a little bit here. Is Darius Days a real candidate for the SEC Player of the Year? What do you think? You certainly would think so uh, from watching these past four games. And we hope, as we've said before, that that continues. I think. Tonight in the McNeese game, as you said, he proved to us that he doesn't have to rely on the outside shot. And so that's going to help him a lot when that is taken away from him in certain games or when defenses are honing in on guarding him from hitting that shot. He right now is averaging 24 points per game. That leads the SEC. Come on, baby. I think he definitely is a player of the year potential candidate. You have to also look at guys like J.D. Note, who is the Mm -hmm. 
second leading scorer in the SEC with around 21 points per game. Scotty Pippen, you can't talk about player of the year in the SEC without mentioning Scotty Pippen. He was the favorite to win player of the year coming into the season. But Darius Days, he is showing his maturity. He is showing his leadership. And he is continuing what he has done his entire career at LSU, which is force big men to have to come out and guard him outside the perimeter. That's harder for big men to do, to step out of the paint and go and guard another big man outside the perimeter. Obviously, we're cheering for him. We appreciate him a lot for coming back another year. And so we want to see him successful. And he has played a major role in helping this team not skip a beat once the Adam Miller injury was found out. And I know when it comes to the committee selecting the player of the year, they won't recognize that or probably see that as a big factor. But for me, it is. We know Adam Miller was the player that Will Wade brought into this program to be the scorer. And so Darius Days wasn't expected to be that guy. Adam Miller was. But yet now, he has completely stepped up and taken on that role of being the scorer. But he hasn't had to put it all on his shoulders. And I think. That also bodes well for Darius because he has other players on this team that are scoring double digits, putting up a lot of points, and he is outscoring them and still leading his team and the entire SEC in scoring. So it's really impressive. You got to believe that this is definitely going to continue in non-conference and we'll see how he does in conference but I believe he will continue the success throughout the entire season yeah man it's been fun to watch so far and you just gotta love it for him being so committed to the program willing to come back for a senior year embodying that leadership role it's been fun you know (laughs) Since the news of Adam Miller being out and the season starting, like, I've almost forgot about it. But, like, holy smokes, could you imagine if you added Adam Miller to this team? Goodness gracious. I can only imagine. (laughs) I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, This team is great right now, but, man, if you could add another piece like that, holy smokes. You also want to know an interesting stat about Darius Days? He is shooting at 65%. That's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, that's that's definitely player of the year um, type of stats, and we sure hope the best for him and hope it continues. Let's move from the hardwood to the football field. Uh, we got to preview this LSU to – Do we have to? (laughs) Yes, we have to, unfortunately. LSU versus the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. 
8 p.m. Uh, kickoff. ESPN two. I mean, I mean, at least, at least we're gonna watch a win. You know, <laughs> I mean, I sure hope so. LSU is a major favorite in this game. Um, they should be. You know, 97 percent in favor of LSU according to ESPN's Football Power Index. It's a 29 point spread. Um, will LSU cover? Can they even score 29 <laughs> points? <laughs> I don't think so. So you don't think they're going to cover? Um, no, I don't think they're going to cover, and I don't think that's because of the defense. Our offense can't score, period. So, yeah, I'm going to say we win the game, but I don't think we will cover. I – oh, man. I was critical. I mean, I, I I was very critical last episode uh, with my rant, and I'm not going to go back on it. I, I'm in every word of what I said, and I think it's we're going to see some more of the same. Uh, I don't think LSU. I don't think LSU covers this spread. Uh, I think a 29 point spread is a little bit too much. For this LSU team, well, let me rephrase that. For this LSU team with this coaching staff. Now, this LSU team with a different coaching staff, that's a different story. But with this coaching staff, I don't think we cover this spread. I hope I'm wrong, though. I definitely hope I'm wrong. If we cover this spread, I will be thrilled, and I will be happy to come back on here, Episode 5, and say, hey, we were wrong. That would make me happy. But for right now, I don't know if that will happen. Um, we saw Max start last game, and then Garrett Nussmeyer get the rest of the way. That's not going to be the case this game. Um, Garrett Nussmeyer will take his red shirt for this year. They gave him a shot in the Arkansas game to kind of make that determination, and so he will sit the remainder of the year. Barring, of course, uh, an injury. Uh, ho- hopefully that wouldn't happen. But if Max does not get injured, um, Garrett Nussmeyer will take his uh, his red shirt this year. What do you think about the quarterback uh, play, Zach, with Max coming back in? Uh, I don't know if I really have much to comment on it. Uh, as we've said before, <laughs> it doesn't really matter because of the coaching you could throw the new backup O'Dowd out there and it's probably going to look the exact same. Uh, you mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's not much to say about it. But I am excited for Max. He's going to have two games here to prove to the next coaching staff that he can be the legit starter for the 2022 season. Of course, this game isn't going to really stand out much. But the next game against A&M, as long as he's healthy, he's going to start that game. And he has the potential to show out in that game and give some film to this next coaching staff in support of him becoming the starter. And we'll see what he can do. 
even though he's going to have to struggle through the coaching scheme. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping that after last week, Max will come out with a chip on his shoulder and play with some fire, play with some energy, play with some heart. Give it all he's got. I mean, what do you have to lose this season? You know, go out with a bang. And I, I'm hoping he'll play with that chip on his shoulder and, and prove that he is the starting guy. I mean, you got to believe that he'll be the starter next year, depending on which coach comes. And we'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, just a little neat tidbit since this is a ULM game. Not much to talk about here. LSU will be, you know, breaking out their alternate uniforms uh, from 2019, and I think they wore them from the past. Uh, they're gonna be wearing the white helmets with the purple jersey, white pants. You know, I really, I really like this look. I, I don't know, you, you don't like it? You don't like it? I want the all whites. Oh, the all whites clean. that we wore yeah. in 20. Was it 2015? It was either 2015 or 2016. 20. What years did we go to Ole Miss? It's in, it's in the odd years. So, yeah, it was 2015. Yeah. So, in 2015, when we played at Ole Miss, Chad Kelly was the quarterback, I believe. Yeah. Was it Chad yeah. Kelly? It had to have been Chad Kelly. It was. We wore the all-whites, and those were definitely my most yeah. favorite alternate uniforms that LSU has worn. I wish they could be the home now uniforms because they look clean. My, you mean the away uniforms? No, white? I want them for home. You want all white for home? Yeah, yeah, I, we wear white for home already. Well, yeah, it's true. I I like the white helmet, white pants, purple jersey, but I liked it when it was on Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson because. You know, uniforms are more attractive when you got players that are they, doing great they things. They made them look clean. <laughs> they made them look cool. They made those jerseys yeah. look clean. And yeah, that dominant went over Vanderbilt. Well, they wore them like three times. They wore them more than just Vanderbilt. They wore them like three times that year. And I. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. They wore them against uh, Northwestern State. Um, and I think they wore them in the. Uh, in the Utah State game? Maybe, maybe, no, they wore the yellow pants. They wore yellow, yeah. They wore the yellow pants, yellow helmets that game. But um, by far, my favorite uniform has got to be 2018 against Mississippi State. The purple helmet with, with the gold shimmer on it, with the with the white jersey, white pants, with the the uh, different letter, you know, pattern and stuff. Those were really sharp. Um Anyways, do you remember the? Do you remember the gold helmets? Now I'm not talking about the LSU gold. No, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. The gold against Arkansas helmets against Arkansas yeah. a few years back. They wore, I think they wore all white. Yeah, uniforms, gold helmet, and that was the game that Chad Jones yep. laid out a kid. Yeah, he did. Back in the day, that would have been targeting. But he, he put a player just to sleep. Yeah. Demolished a kid in the red zone. Arkansas was in the red zone, and Chad Jones brought the wood. That is the best hit still to this day that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, an LSU player make. Yep, yep. Well, we'll move on from the preview game 
the fact that we're sitting here talking about LSU uniforms, talk about where the state of the football program's at. <laughs> Let's. Hey, another little tidbit though for this game is Sage Ryan. Yes, should be yes, back. Yes, 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 yes. That'll be that. I mean, the DBs have played great, and I, I mean, Dwight McLaughlin. Holy cow! I, we know Derek Stingley is going to be a top five pick, and I'm. I have no, I no longer am worried about Dwight McLaughlin coming in next year to play the opposite side of Elias Ricks. I mean, excellent defensive back, excellent. Um, with Saint Dryan comes back, coming back in, I mean that just adds depth. You're going to have Flot and and McLaughlin on the wide. Yeah, Flot came back, I think last. Saint Dryan will play your nickel, so. Uh, the, the DB improves, so I, I, hopefully that'll help us in the ULM game and the Texas A&M game as well. All right, speaking of football, I think the hottest topic of everything is the coaching search. It's coming down to about two weeks. Uh, if I had to guess, after the A&M game, within a few days, the coach will be announced. I got to believe that. And we wanted to talk about it in this episode because uh, the scuttlebutt, the rumor mill, uh, the whatever you want to call it is heating up. So let's just go ahead and get right into it with the hottest name right now. Uh, Obviously, Lincoln Riley is the hottest name to be LSU's next head coach. So, Zach... First of all, do you think Lincoln Riley will be uh, LSU's next head coach? And if he is, what are your thoughts on Lincoln Riley coming to Baton Rouge? I don't want to say definitively that Lincoln Riley is going to be LSU's next head football coach. I don't think I will ever say definitively that this or that coach is going to be the guy moving forward because I can't make that prediction. And Scott Woodward has done a fantastic job at keeping this coaching search under the wraps that media platforms, news platforms are having to try and find things to circulate about this topic because as you said, it is the hottest topic when it comes to LSU sports right now. And Scott Woodward has done a fantastic job at vetting his candidates, I believe, and keeping it under the wraps. As far as Lincoln Riley goes, I think it would be a great hire. Um, Lincoln Riley has been very consistent with his Oklahoma teams. They have been to the playoffs, I believe, every year. He's also been very consistent at, A, developing quarterbacks. We've seen Baker Mayfield. We've seen Kyler Murray. We've seen Jalen Hurts. And now with Caleb Williams. Two of those guys, I believe, were the first quarterbacks taken. Yes, two of those, uh, Baker and Kyler were the first quarterbacks taken, I believe. I know for sure Baker was. Jalen Hurts was one of the top quarterbacks taken, wasn't the first one taken because um, your boy, Joe Burrow, was. But all three of those guys 
are starters in the NFL. Baker Mayfield, of course, the starter at the Browns. Kyler Murray, the starter at the Cardinals. And Jalen Hurts, the starter at the Eagles. And so he has continually been consistent at developing elite quarterback and quarterback play. Another thing he's been consistent at is high-potent offense. His offenses have always put up a bunch of points. And we are in a day and age now where college football is all offensive. Now, there are some teams like Georgia, but overall, this is an offensive game now. And so I think that's why you see some of the names that we've seen mentioned for this job because of how the game has changed. And I know that that is a concern with Lincoln Riley, that he is just an offensive coach, and we've seen the problems that he has had at Oklahoma. And I'll let you talk about this more because I know you kind of have a better take on this. But I know that's been a concern with him, not having good defenses at Oklahoma. I believe that is mainly due to recruiting and the recruiting pool in Oklahoma, Texas, because we know he has to go out and recruit against the Texas schools to make that team elite. But also, I think with the resources and the recruiting pool, the defensive talent that comes out of Louisiana and where LSU recruits, he would have a lot better potential to have good defenses than he had at Oklahoma. So I'm excited about it. I think the most exciting thing about Lincoln Riley potentially being the head coach at LSU is the potential for Caleb Williams to come with him. Mm. I would absolutely love it if mm. Lincoln Riley became the head coach and brought Caleb Williams with him. Mm. You would hear me on here just praising the Lord <laughs> because I would just go ahead and call it. We're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Next year. I mean, let's if that happened. Let's get real here. If Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma to come LS to come to LSU, guess who the number two choice was for Caleb Williams? The LSU Tigers. It was the LSU Tigers. It was between Oklahoma and it was between LSU. And if you take the coach that got him to Oklahoma and you take him to LSU, I think the chances of him coming and transferring exponentially go up. Um, that would be huge, huge, For huge, sure. huge, huge. I mean, we are talking Heisman candidate uh, potential for the next two years transferring to your school. That alone would sell me for this job, for, for this coach on this job. There's no doubt that the defense will, will raise concerns, but 100% agree with you. Uh, I mean, good, not alive. The talent that Louisiana uh, pushes out um, for defense is unmatched almost, uh, I would say, uh, 
I mean, the only really team states that can compete with the type of talent that Ellis, that Louisiana puts out is Texas, uh, maybe California. Um, but man, the pool of recruits that Lincoln Riley would be able to try and recruit out of Louisiana would, would be, I mean, leaps and bounds higher than what Oklahoma has to offer in high school football. And Lincoln Riley is an excellent recruiter. And I think he would capitalize on that. And I think that Lincoln Riley is also smart enough, uh, unlike current coaches, um, unlike current coaches, to go out and hire a excellent defensive coordinator to pair with that uh, the, the amount of recruits that you can pull into LSU. I mean, good grief. Durante Jones has been having LSU's defense play elite these past two weeks. I mean, this defense held Alabama to six rushing yards and to 20 points. You get a defensive coordinator in who's done it before and who's had experience, and you pair that with Lincoln Riley's offense and the potential to bring in Caleb Williams, sign me up. Sign me up right now. I will take it all day, every day. Give it to me. That's how I feel about the Lincoln Riley hire, if that were to come true. I've got a follow-up question for that. Who do you think would be the potential candidates? If Lincoln Riley comes to LSU as the head coach, who are the potential candidates for him to go out and get as defensive coordinator? Because I agree, I think if he – goes out and gets one of the top defensive coordinators. I mean, shoot, worst case scenario, you keep Durante and you look at how that's going, as you said. Uh, Barry Odom would be my number one pick for defensive coordinator. LSU has the capability and is very willing to pay their coordinators seven figures, and I think you can get Barry Odom. Barry Odom was heavily considered for the job last year, including Marcus Freeman, and I think the toxicity – uh, around the program, and I think the realization that Coach O, if he did not win and win immediately, affected that hiring process. And I think there were many people who turned the job down uh, because of that, including Barry Odom. If you bring Lincoln Riley to LSU, I think Barry Odom takes the job. Now, other guys who I would like to see considered for the job – I would like to see Phil Parker from Iowa. Uh, Jim, oh, what's his name? Jim Leonhard from Wisconsin. They have tough physical uh, uh, defenses year in, year out. I think I'd be interested in Ron Roberts from Baylor. I'm very intrigued by him. I mean, Baylor's defense has been stellar. I think Ron Roberts would do great. I think there's candidates out there that would love to come be a defensive coordinator at LSU alongside Lincoln Riley's offense. For me, the defense isn't much of a concern. Elite offense, spread open, fast, tempo offense is the way to go, and there's not many that do it better than Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma Sooners as of right now. Um, Some of the other names that you've heard and, and whatnot, Jimbo Fisher, Mel Tucker, Jimbo made a pretty potent statement the other day um, with some strong words. He said he'd be the dumbest human to leave A&M to come to LSU. Now, 
he also said before that that he's collecting one of the greatest, one of the best recruiting classes in the nation, and that would make him the dumbest human on earth to leave Texas A&M and go to LSU. He also speaks highly, you know, I love Texas A&M. I love being here. I love this. I love that. You can say all you want that this is a harsh denial. This is a whatever. But this is a coach who is saying, I love this place. I have a great recruiting class being put together. Why would I leave it? This is how coaches in the in a, in the midst of a season, maybe not the middle of the season, I know we're towards the end of the season, but in the midst of a season when a person asks you a question about, you know, well, are you going to go to LSU? Obviously, they're not going to answer that question. So you have to say something that gives your players and recruits a sense, a sense of security that you're still going to be there potentially. And I think all the scuttlebutt around Jimbo – um, I think he had to make a statement like that. Now, I believe that Jimbo believes he will 100% be and continue to be the coach at Texas A&M. But I don't think for one second that Scott Woodward is closing the book on Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I think Jimbo Fisher is who Scott wants and has wanted the whole time. As we all know, Scott got him to A&M. And I'm sure Scott would be thrilled to get him to LSU. Uh, so I don't think that Jimbo is truly out of the hunt. I, I, I don't know if you can get that done. I just think that Woodward will continue to to make the phone calls to the very end. We understand that that William Tate, the brand new president at um, LSU, wanted at the beginning of the search. I, I think he has taken his hands off. Uh, which I think is a good thing because I, I think he should trust Scott Woodward and and trust that Scott Woodward will do his job properly and hire the right guy for the job. But at the beginning of the search, William Tate wanted to have somewhat of an influence on this job. And Mel Tucker was one of the ones that William Tate had his eye on. And there was a ton of, of talk about Mel Tucker I think that stemmed from the president's desire to have him. But I don't think Scott Woodward ever truly considered him for the LSU job. And I think LSU allowed him to use that to leverage the contract extension that it looks like he is about to sign. Because, look, the the type of money that's being floated around at LSU it's big money, folks. LSU is floating around $100 million for eight years. That is $12.5 million a year. That is a few more million than what Nick Saban is making. Uh, it's big money. And Mel Tucker, I, I think, if offered the job, would have taken the job. But I don't think he was ever truly considered by Scott Woodward. And I think because of that, he liked that number and he went out and got that number from Michigan State. Now, he's not getting the the full 100 mil for eight years. I think it's 95 for 10 years, but it's it's close 
to uh, what LSU is offering, and who wouldn't take that? If you're a standing coach and you have success and nobody else is knocking on the door, you take that extension. If you don't get the deal done with Lincoln, then who? You, you hear names like Billy Napier. You hear names like Dave Aranda, Lane Kiffin. Just real briefly, Zach, if not Lincoln Riley, who would you want? Out of all the names that have been discussed, the coach that I would want the most is Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin is just like Lincoln Riley, but has more experience and also has less of a a potential to jump to the next level in the NFL. I think Lincoln Riley has more of a potential to do that. But I don't think you would have to worry about that with Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin also knows the SEC. He has coached at Tennessee. He's coached at Alabama. And he is now coaching at Ole Miss. And so he knows how to play within the SEC, and he knows how to recruit for the SEC. I would love it if he came to LSU. We know that he wants the job at LSU. Mm -hmm. He will take the job at Mm -hmm. LSU if he is offered. So the only question is, will he be offered? I think that's very interesting, but if you have a list and he is on that list, he's worst case scenario. If he's on the list and Woodward is willing to offer him the job, Lane Kiffin is the worst you can do. I would love it to have Lane Kiffin here. So I'm very interested in Lane. I'm sort of interested in Randa because there's been a lot of talk, and maybe we'll get into this in another episode, but there's been a lot of talk of should they hire defensive and then go get a great offensive mind because of how hard it is to find defensive head coaches right now in college football, really, really good defensive coaches in college football. And obviously, Aranda is probably top three, if not the top guy, period of defensive coaches right now in college football. So I think it's interesting to potentially consider that. Um, Napier is also very interesting. We we know that he's also a guy that would take the job. If he's offered, he's going to take it. And so considering all those things, I, I don't think you can really strike out with this this hire. You just can't. Napier, I think, would do a fantastic job Obviously, I know a lot of fans with him being at ULL, they are concerned about that. I'm not. And I think regardless, Napier is going to get a new head coaching job at a Power 5 school this year. For sure. For sure. Uh, If Napier ain't at LSU, he's going to be somewhere uh, like Virginia Tech, TCU, Texas Tech, one of those teams. If it isn't Lincoln, I I gotta agree. Um, Lane Kiffin, which I think he would be extremely successful at LSU. 
The only thing is, is he comes with some baggage, and LSU wants a baggage-free hire. And it seems like Lincoln Riley is the Lane Kiffin hire without the baggage. So I think that's why you see that lean towards Lincoln Riley over Lane Kiffin. If it isn't Lincoln, I got to go Kiffin. Brilliant offensive mind. I mean, you see what he's doing with Ole Miss. I mean, obviously, Matt Corral was a highly recruited quarterback. Those receivers are not five-star receivers, four-star receivers, you know, that LSU has. I mean, could you imagine what Lane Kiffin can do with the type of talent and recruiting that LSU produces? I wouldn't be upset with Napier either uh, at all. I think he would do excellent. Well, we got to put a button on it. Got to wrap it up here. We're going to keep you updated on the latest coaching search stuff. I know everybody's excited and looking forward to see who LSU is going to hire. It's going to, it's going to get here real fast. So buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride because the end of this era is coming soon and the start of a new era will be here before you know. Appreciate you checking in on us. Episode number four in the Tigers Avenue. Five star. Take us out. I say they ain't ready for the LSU. No, they ain't ready for the LSU. I say.